Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space, a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, water bed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Brick House, MBA comedy podcast brought to you by me, your host, Bob Johnson. Along with me is a veteran podcaster of This Feels One-Sided, creator, uh, host, at star, Matt Baker. Star's the most important. Hey, thanks for having me. Matt is uh, going to be the veteran leading this ship of... Uh, of rookies, he's essentially going to be uh, Kevin Garnett. I'm my the locker room presence. Is Zach Lafine. Yeah, he's going to be screaming in my face for motivation. Yeah, um, and I'm going to say a lot of times I'm just going to say you kids don't know how it used to be. That's what I'm going to say. He's going to eat like my crab cakes first. Veterans eat first. It's one of the rules. Yeah. Uh, the reason for Brickhouse podcast is uh, every summer when the NBA Finals and NBA Draft and free agency come to a close, I start to feel withdrawals from basketball. We all know there's golf and baseball over the summer, but I do not count these as sports personally. <laughs> uh, football, also national pastime, not my favorite. What, what interests me about NBA basketball, uh, as opposed to other sports, is the actual predictability of it. And it's predictable because there's a running storyline with each team. Now, some people say this is what makes basketball more boring. It's the same team. Same teams are good every year. The same teams are bad every year. Uh, you can predict the finals. It's usually the best team from each conference makes it. But this is what I find most uh, amusing and entertaining about basketball is that the good teams continue to stay good and the bad teams continue to stay bad. In Brickhouse, we're going to examine why, Matt. We, I think we really are going to get to the bottom of this multi-year dilemma. I, uh, it's, it's the question that everyone has been asking for years. Why do good teams stay good and why do bad teams stay bad, Bob? Well, the first team we're going to examine, the first episode, well... This episode? We're going to be counting down the 30 teams in the NBA... From worst to best. Bob, does that mean that there will be 30 podcasts? There will be 30 podcasts. Oh, my goodness. What before the season starts, Matt. When does the season start? The season starts around Halloween, usually. Okay. I think it's the 28th of Perfect. October this year. we got time, but we got a lot of ground to cover. They just released the schedule the other day, so. What hope to be, what I hope to be, and I know what they hope to be, the worst team in the NBA They've been trying for three years now to be the worst team in the NBA, and they've gotten so close. But this year, I think they're going to actually do it. Of course, I'm talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. That's our, that's our upcoming worst team for 2015-2016? I think they can do it this year. 
Uh, in fact, uh, the the way I think about the Philadelphia 76ers, let me, let me introduce. So, you know, as we say, it's a, it's a continual storyline. We've been following these teams for years as, as fans of the NBA. We don't necessarily watch these games because they're terrible, mm-hmm. and they don't really have NBA basketball players on the team. Yeah. Uh, but they are interesting to talk about, nevertheless. Bob, I would, I would quickly object to the statement that the 76ers do not have NBA basketball players. Uh, they do. They just send them to other teams every year. That's true. That's true. So they do start out with some NBA basketball players, and those players end up getting traded to actual NBA basketball teams. That is a very good point. At some Matt. point during the year. Let's uh, let's let's get to that in our uh, in our second segment. But for the first segment, I want to sort of explain to uh, listeners out there how I think of the 76ers to uh, give them a, a non-basketball sort of thing that they could compare it to so maybe they understand. Uh, I think of the 76ers as a, uh, a heist movie. And okay. this is like the last heist movie, you know. And maybe a, a lot of heist movies always have at least that one character who's going to retire after this one, the last big score. This know? one this one, and then I'm out of here type thing. Yeah. I never saw uh, Ocean's 13. But it, since it's the last one, I imagine that this is the uh, the plot of the movie. I think of the Philadelphia 76ers as Ocean 13. They're, uh, they're trying to get away with this. And it's a heist because I say the NBA has uh, been threatening to change the very rules of the NBA draft because of what the 76ers have been doing to exploit uh, the rules as they are written now. Uh, like we said, they have uh, tried and failed to be the worst team uh, in the NBA to give them the best chance of getting the number one pick in the draft each year. Uh, each year they've been uh, relegated to third or lower pick uh, despite their efforts. Previously on the Philadelphia 76ers. Where it all went wrong, I think, Matt, is when they got involved in the Dwight Howard trade. Okay. Uh, back in 2012, they, uh, they were involved in a three-team trade that sent Dwight Howard uh, famous, famously to, from the Orlando Magic to the Lakers. Uh, Andre Iguodala got shipped out of town. I don't remember where he ended up originally. Andre Iguodala ended up on the uh, Denver Nuggets, I Denver believe. Nuggets, okay. And Andrew Bynum, the Lakers star center, was shipped to the 76ers, where he was supposed to be the new uh, best player on the team. What, in fact, resulted was Andrew Bynum didn't play at all. When he did, it was terrible. Uh, instead, he rocked one of the worst hairdos in uh, recent NBA history. Also, there was a rumor of a hilarious practice where he jacked the ball up, just shot the ball every time he touched it, uh, whether he was five feet from the basket or half-court line. Just because. As soon as his teammates passed him the ball, he shot it. This is the same guy who parks his one car in at least two parking spaces. You ever hear that Well, he's from L.A. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but apparently this practice, yeah, it was the last practice he had as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Doug Collins subsequently left the team as the coach after this uh, failed experiment with Bynum. They weren't actually that bad. They had made the playoffs that previous year and the year before. They, right. So they were, they were actually a team that people thought was on the up because they had a decent decent youth and Doug Collins is a good coach so people were actually thinking that they could make some make some noise in the Eastern Conference the next year what the what the 76ers wanted to do was they didn't want to be a uh, middle of the road seventh or eighth seed uh, Sam Hinkie 
from the Houston Rockets, uh, notorious uh, smart general manager of the Houston Rockets. Sam was the uh, the right-hand man to Daryl Morey. He's considered uh, the Billy Bean of basketball. Right. So he studied for years under Morey and uh, convinced the 76ers that the way to go about becoming a championship-caliber team was not to uh, to uh, toil in the middle of the NBA pack, but to bottom out for years in a row uh, to give themselves the best statistical chance of landing players at the top of the draft that could change their franchise for years to come. Somehow he convinced a uh, new owner, yeah. Joshua Harris, that this would be the, uh, the best plan. I think Bill Simmons pointed out that uh, whether or not Sam Hinkie succeeds in this mission, he certainly created the easiest job security for himself that he could possibly have. Right. He set the bar so low walking in that there actually really is no bar. If anything, he he might get fired if they finish as the second worst team this year. Right. The bar is to finish the as the worst team. Who's You know, one thing I'd like to examine in this Brickhouse team previews is that uh, leadership on these uh, franchises or these uh, soap operas, if you will, is from the top down. So I'd like to get to know the team owners, uh, at least for my own amusement and those of our listeners, plus to guarantee that, uh, you know, I never work for any of these NBA franchises again. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. make sure I eliminate just, that possibility. Just slander on, them. In the first 10 minutes of our first podcast. So who owns the 76ers? If you don't know, I'll tell you. His name's Joshua Harris. Tell us a little bit about Joshua Harris. Well, he bought the team in 2011 for uh, somewhere between $280-290 million, which is a pretty good deal in uh, in relative terms of what teams are going for these days. So he bought, yeah, he bought the uh, an NBA basketball team for less than $300 million. That's, that's correct. That's an amazing... That's and an the Milwaukee deal. Bucks just uh, just a, a year ago went for almost twice that. Uh, obviously, not nearly as big of a media market as Philadelphia as well. Right. Uh, he is the co-founder of Apollo Management Group, and uh, I, I found it interesting what Apollo Management Group does. And you know, relative to the Seventy Sixers, the firm <clears throat> specializes in uh, quote leveraged buyout transactions and purchases of distressed securities involving corporate restructuring, special situations, and industry consolidation. So does he come into situations that are less than stable and things might not be looking good, and he basically just assumes the, the yeah. troubles of the What company? their company does is they build equity funds with investors and find companies that are struggling uh, as far as uh, profits go. Buys their uh, buys a large stake in their ownership group for you know uh, pennies on the dollar, then uh, resurrects these businesses. You know some doing uh, better than other, mm -hmm. um, which made perfect sense to me as how he would uh, run the Seventy Sixers. The Seventy Sixers are a uh, a terrible team. He got in right before he knew NBA uh, team values were going to go way up. Right. with a new uh, television deal. And he's used to working at companies that do really poorly. So this doesn't bother him at all. 
Uh, you know, a lot of owners come in and they're, they're used to such success in business uh, that they are willing to make any sort of ridiculous trade. Uh, general managers usually prey on new owners because they've had such success in business, they feel that can translate to their MBA team. Right. They're such smart guys. They're smarter than everyone. So maybe they can catch them sleeping a little bit or catch them over-anxious. Right. Uh, Josh, Josh Harris has, uh, like we said, let Sam Hinkie do the complete opposite, uh, trade any asset they have for a future asset, and keep uh, doubling down like a uh, uh, guy at the blackjack tables at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Uh, some of the businesses that Joshua Harris uh, has purchased include uh, Claire's Jewelry, Caesars Entertainment Group, Norwegian Cruise Line, Core Media Group, which owns American Idol, Samsonite, Ralph's, Telemundo, Renaissance, Sirius Satellite Radio, AMC Entertainment, Linens and Things, General Nutrition Centers, Harris Casino, Rheology, who owns Coldwell Banker, Century 21, so and they Sotheby's own, International Realty. They own... A ton of things across the board. I've discovered when uh, looking up these MBA owners, uh, these billionaires, uh, combined the 30 MBA owners own about half the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 30 guys. Uh, the funniest thing was in March 2013, Apollo Management Group was the only company that made a bid for the Hostess brands. Uh, Twinkies. Really? We're going out of business. This American uh, icon of a company was failing because Americans are trying to eat less Twinkies. Yeah. Joshua Harris didn't see it that way. Yeah. He saw Twinkies as a, as an opportunity to buy low and uh, and turn it around. What what I don't understand is how Hinky and Harris have convinced the people of Philadelphia, the sports fans of Philadelphia that being intentionally terrible is acceptable behavior, but they don't. They don't embrace. They they get up. These are the same people that what through that booed Santa Claus. That when Michael Irvin for the Dallas Cowboys had a career-ending injury, basically they cheered. They cheered. Yeah. They 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 uh, threw what they throw batteries at people. These they do not take terribleness lying down. But for some reason. They decided that they're all in on this 76ers thing. They yeah, even, I've read about people, you know, just having draft parties. The whole city of uh, Philadelphia is excited to win the draft rather than winning games. Uh, and you're right. In, uh, in 1997, the Philadelphia Eagles fans were so bad that a court appointed a judge to the stadium on game days to deal with all the fans that were removed from the game. And the stadium also had a jail. Uh, such a problem. Solid. Uh, in 2001, another example of fans gone wild, uh, the uh, well, the Flyers is the hockey team. Mm -hmm. We're playing the Maple Leaves, and a uh, drunken Flyers fan broke the glass in the penalty box that contained Maple Leaf Thai Domi, broke through the glass of the penalty box just to get to and him. proceeded to beat him up. This is a drunk Philly fan beating up the other team's hockey player in the penalty box. This is a true story. In 2002, police had to pepper spray fans fighting in the stands of an Eagles-Redskins game, and the spray carried to the Eagles bench and delayed the game eight minutes because the Eagles players were so affected by the, uh, the pepper spray. Fantastic. And now, the starting lineup for your Philadelphia! I kind of get 
where Philly fan is coming from, sort of. If you look at the roster and you have Noel, Jaleel Okafor, Embiid, even though he's going to miss his second season, they have Dario Saric overseas. They have, they just got Stauskas. They have all these young kids, Tony Roten. I, I get, I get it. At least if you're going to, if you're going to lose, you want to lose with youth, even though youth is unproven, at least don't sign a bunch of old men and go out there and lose. You know, they have a bunch of these young kids. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to allow these kids to grow up. But well, they're not—they're uh, not drafting these kids to fill out any sort of uh, realistic roster for the three consecutive years. Taken the best center in the draft. Yeah. Um, Embiid and Noel missed their first year after being drafted. Saric also uh, missed the year over in Europe, but. You know, if they actually succeed this year mm-hmm. and get the number one pick, which is what they want, the best prospect coming out of high school and, you know, going to be playing one year in college is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons and he is the center. Yeah. So if they get that number one draft pick, their five best players would be four centers and Sauce Castillo, Nick yeah. Stauskas. Yeah. That's not an NBA team. That's four centers and Stauskas. If I accidentally watch a 76ers game this season, yes. who should I be looking for? Who's, who's the player to watch on this team? Is, do they have, who's their best player? I mean, obviously the player we're all going to be watching is Jalil Okafor. Right. The rookie out of Duke. Um, Champion. Was, was until right before the draft, you know, for the year, pretty much since his sophomore, junior year in high school, considered the, the best player in his class. Yeah. Um, which, why did that change? Because Carl Anthony Towns Carl Anthony had Towns one started, good game against Notre Dame. And he just started shooting three-pointers in, in these workouts. Right. He was hitting three-pointers. Uh, so, yeah, Okafor, Okafor and Noel, Nerland's Noel, down, down low in the power forward and center spots I think is good because Okafor can play offense, and he's okay on defense, and Noel is good on defense, and he's okay on offense. So if you're going to have two big men – it's kind of a decent pairing to have you would ideally you would want them both to be great at both offense and defense, but they're also 18 and what? 20 years old. Jeez. So those would be guys, Tony Roten, the point guard. He's a starting point guard. He's their starting point guard. He had a decent year last year. Um, you can't shoot though. Well, he, I mean, when, when you're on a bad team, you always have to wonder how good some of these guys are or if they're just performing for bad teams. So Roten last year averaged 16, averaged 16 points a game. He also got hurt. He didn't, he only played in 30 games. So the games he did play, he was good. But again, I mean, who who was, who was his main competition on offense, you know? Right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's also explain who else is in this, uh, Supposed starting lineup of NBA talent here. <laughs> so you said Tony Routon is starting at uh, point guard. Yeah. Nick Stauskas, we've already mentioned, uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be a popular one to watch, mostly for his off court antics right. and uh, holiday sweaters. He had a great Christmas sweater. If uh, you guys haven't seen that, I would encourage you to look it up. At the small forward position, they just picked up Gerald Wallace, who uh, I'm not sure if they're going to cut or not. If he uh, if he doesn't get cut, I mean, I think if they want to lose games, they'll probably start him. 
at uh, small forward. (laughs) But otherwise, we got uh, Harvey Grant's son, Jeremiah Grant. Jeremy Grant, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, he's only 21. Yeah, another young guy to build around. Uh, Okafor starting at, at power forward and Noel at center, possibly Embiid out for another season. I, I have some uh, some ridiculous predictions for things that, that probably will never happen, but because it's the 76ers, I wouldn't rule it out. Would you like to hear them, Matt? Of course. Uh, <laughs> prediction number one, the 76ers start the season 9-1, and one and they fire their coach. Okay. Uh, prediction number two, Sam Hankey hires Steven, Steven Jackson or Tanya Harding as a, quote, consultant to break Jaleel Okafor's leg with a tire iron so they can shut him down. Yeah. Uh, if he's doing too good. Maybe the 76ers instead send Okafor to the D-League. I could see that happening. Just because? He needs to develop, they'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about they send Noel and Okafor to Europe for a few years, join <laughs> Dario Saric's team. Just just to develop a, a good core over yeah, there? They, they, they need more paella in their lives. That's yeah. A- Record prediction. In the two, any, the season ending 2012, they won 35 games. The next year, they won 34. Then they won 19, and then they won 18. It, it's gonna, it's tough for me to think that they'll win much more than that. I think I'll, I, I think I can be a nice guy, and I think maybe I'll give them 20 wins this year. That's generous. I think they're aiming for 10. Yeah. So 20, 20 uh, might see some, some people in upper management uh, get fired. Twenty, Yeah, 20 is tough because you're right there. Um, that's almost too good, right? My prediction for their, for their record this year, like I said, I believe they can bottom out. Yeah. I believe they will start. I believe they will start Firkin Aldemir yeah. if that's what it takes. To lose uh, fifteen games or uh, win fifteen games or less, I think they're going to be fifteen and sixty-seven. Fifteen, and I so, think they're going to get the number one pick in the draft. And I think then they're going to change the NBA draft rules. What the fuck has anything got to do with LeBron James? Just as I mentioned, this episode, I'd like to turn everyone's attention to the show Survivor's Remorse. Uh, as long as you can forgive the title, uh, it's a television show created by LeBron James and his uh, his production company. Uh-huh. It's on Stars. It's very funny. Uh, it's uh, some people have called it like the entourage of, uh, but with NBA basketball. I think that uh, is kind of a misnomer. Um, uh, you know, makes you anticipate that everyone on the show is a douchebag. Yeah, uh, that's in fact uh, not the case. It's uh, his entourage is the basketball player character's entourage is his family, his lesbian sister, his mother, and his cousin who doubles as his agent. Uh-huh. The second season starts on Saturday, August twenty second. It's got Mike Epps from next Friday. Are we uh, are we getting paid for this? This sounds like a giant. I think I think uh, LeBron uh, might dig deep. He might dig deep. He might be a big fan of Brickhouse, especially since we're going to uh, mention him every time and Uh only half the time in a a derogatory way. Yeah. This actually might be airing after August 22nd, but it's going to be on every Saturday on Stars And Stars, if you'd like to send a check, you can make it out (laughs) to Bob Johnson and or Matt Baker. Yeah. That'd be a good deal for everyone. 
And now it's time for a personal anecdote with Matt Baker. Matt, I wanted to uh, make sure the audience gets to know you also. Oh, man, this is great. On these podcasts. I'm glad they, I, I think they should get to know me. We, uh, we both have a, uh, a brief career, an amateur career in sports. Yeah. And I was curious, Matt, what's the worst sports team you've ever played on? Have you ever had a, a season like uh, the Philadelphia 76ers? Not one where we actively tried to lose. Mm-hmm. One where we just kind of probably lost because uh, that was the talent on the team. I see. We're, I think the the roughest go of it I can remember is I went to a small high school where we didn't actually have a freshman football team, but so it was all JV. But then we would play some games just the freshman team. But sometimes it would be against other JV teams. Oh. Yeah, and I remember when that would happen, we would just get literally rolled over. Like they would they would just walk over us. These JV teams and these bigger teams than well, us. I mean, they would they would probably run at full speed yeah, and Yeah, run you. full steam over us. Yeah. And I just remember it was metaphorically walking over yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was my first this was my first year playing tackle football, so my my thought was. So how do you feel during these? Yeah. My thought was, is this what tackle football is, where you just like stand out in an open field and just get run over for <laughs> for a this certain like, length like of getting time. hit by a bus? Yeah, I one of those games. I was safety, and I do remember one of their bigger than me players was running full speed at me in the open field, and I was like, oh man, uh, I guess I'll just sit here and take it, and he just ran right over me. So that, for me, that is kind of the season that emulates, or uh, not emulates. Would that be the right word? Sometimes I don't know words. We've uh, we've already run long on this uh, first preview, but uh, hopefully everyone had fun. Uh, well, the other previews will probably involve more talk of basketball, but you know this team is really more of a theoretical future NBA basketball team yeah. than a uh, current one we're living in an unknown world where we have to make up our make up what we think the future is going to be yeah there's there's going to be a lot more uh, there already has been a lot more think pieces uh, about the 76ers and uh, no matter what you uh, you think about those they're definitely more interesting than actually watching these uh, 76ers basketball it games. is a fa- it is a fascinating team that uh you can really think many different things about this team well it, it's it's like uh, anything in sports where if the warriors would have lost the finals last year everyone would have said well that's because small ball and shooting doesn't work i mean it's all uh, based on the outcome so if the 76ers eventually become a good team this will all be remembered as the brilliant plan by the genius Sam Hankey. Of course. If it uh, peters out, it was doomed from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, sports writers have great hindsight in that regards. On the next episode of Brick House. Uh, the next episode coming up, the next team, the 29th worst team in the NBA. Oh, man, this is good. Uh, the 2015-2016 season. The clue is... Our listeners may learn some Bosnian curse words. (laughs) So, everyone stay tuned for that. Again, thanks for listening to the first ever episode of Brick House with uh, Bob Johnson, Matt Baker, 76ers. Good luck being terrible, guys.
Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Before you lies a beautiful meadow. In that meadow, Progressive Direct has placed its auto insurance rates alongside those of competitors. You select the lowest rate and feel a great sense of calm. A great sense of calm. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates so you can rest easy. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.